Hi, I'm Miss Marcy, and you are listening to Conversations with Miss Marcy podcast. If you are looking for watered down conversations, this might not be the podcast for you. I'm just saying. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Conversations with Miss Marcy. I am Miss Marcy. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And uh, thank you so much for everyone who has shared my podcast and who continues to just listen. You could be listening to any other podcast, but you choose to listen to this one. So for that, I do appreciate you. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is what I want to talk about today. I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine, really, really good friend i've been knowing this young man oh we for a long time maybe since like 2000 2001 somewhere in there but anyway it's been a long long time so he called me today and he was telling me how he and his girlfriend had broken up and i was like oh you know i'm sorry to hear that because they had been on social media and everything just posting things to their stories and just it just seemed like they were so happy they would be cooking together and and things like that and I believe they've been together for about two years or something like that. So we we were talking. We, we were telling me the situation and telling me what happened. And so we got into another conversation off of that conversation. And we started talking about men and women. The what seems to be a divide between uh, black men and black women today. And if anybody want to try to say that it doesn't seem like a divide, that's a lie because it really does. Whether we want it, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, there does seem to be a divide between um, um, the two sexes, and it's really bad. And so the question he asked me, and it made me think, and it made me want to come on here and do this, talk about this on this podcast today. He asked me. He said, "When did the shift happen?" When did the shift between men and women happen? And I just started telling, you know, I just started talking and telling what I kind of think. So this is my opinion. I believe at one point, well, it's not a belief, it's a fact. At one point, we all know that there was a time where men, I mean, where women solely depended on men to basically um, just, you know, be the breadwinner, run the house and things like that. And and that's also where the the whole woman keeping a man and need, need to keep a man came from. And I mentioned that in one of my previous podcasts, that that is where that comes from, where it's like, I mean, it's a very old read. Women try to or people in general, people try to use that against women who don't have a man or who can't seem to stay in certain, you know, stay in a relationship or, or a marriage or whatever. It's, it's, oh, she can't keep a man. She can't keep a man. And like I said, that's a very old, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a read that comes from that time of when women had to keep a man to keep a roof over their heads. Pretty much. They had to keep a man to keep money in the house. Well, I think, what happened was women began when, when, as time progressed, women were afforded the opportunities to go off to school or, or, you know, just go off and um, have good jobs for themselves and make their own money. So when they were able to make their own monies, it's like a certain power came with that as well, a certain level of empowerment. And with that, 
I believe that is when the shift started to happen, when women started to gain more independence. That is definitely when the shift began to happen. Also, I believe as black women growing up, young black women, black women were taught by their mothers to get a job, get your own money, so you don't need a man. So that's also where that came from as well. And I heard someone say recently that um, white women were taught to go to college to get a man, while black women were told to go to college to show that they don't need a man or to, they were taught to go to college so they don't so they don't need a man. So and when you really think about that, it's like, damn, I mean, that does seem true. There is some truth to that. And so again, it goes back to what I was saying about what, what black women are taught. They're taught growing up along the way. Hey, uh, don't need a man. Stop, stop wanting, you know? And so then what happens is the thought to need a man, the thought to want a man at one point became a thing of, Oh, it it was like a symbol for a weak woman. Oh, you, you got, you, you, if you want a man or you, you got to have a man, you got to be some type of weak woman. And not only that, but that couple with independence, it's like, yeah, that's when the whole Miss Independent and I'm strong black woman came through, which I feel is, it, it, I feel is uh, detrimental to the, the dynamic between a man and a woman. And I, I'm saying all this to say, there's nothing wrong with a woman having her own, having her own money and, and being independent and things like that. There's nothing wrong with an independent woman. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with a, a, a black woman who is strong. However, I do believe in the midst of these teachings, that's when women started to feel like they could be the man as well. I've heard some women say, Hey, I'm the mother and the father, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. See, women were put here to do what a man can't do. And men were put here to do what women can't do. You see what I'm saying? We, neither one of us, men, there's just certain things that uh, men cannot do that women do. They weren't built for it. A man could never push out a baby. A man can never push out another seven pound human being, a six pound, whatever, 10 pound human being. A a man could never do that. A woman was built to do just that. So, um, so yeah, so I just feel like there has been, like my friend was saying, like we were talking, there's definitely a shift in the gender roles and it is just really, it, it needs to change like ASAP, like, because it's really not a good thing. And so I also think that during the times where, like I said, black mothers were teaching their daughters, get up, go to college, do this and that, you know, so you don't need a man. I don't think that women understood or knew the long-term damage that they were doing by teaching their daughters this. I think that women taught their daughters this just basically off of what they had experienced, you know, being single. Because most of the time, the women who taught their daughters that they were single parents, they were single, you know, single parents who had to hold it down because maybe the father was absentee or what have you, or he was like a sometimey father or whatever. So 
in that, it was like, yeah, I'm going to teach my daughter to go out here and do what she got to do so she don't need no man, so she ain't got to depend on no man. So it came on that that mentality was adopted on the back of just women feeling like, nah, we, we, you know, I don't, I don't want my daughter to go through what I went through. I don't want my daughter to, um, have to need a man to make it in life. And again, like I said, I don't think that this was taught to women in in a malicious intent. It was just more so the, the mother thought they were teaching the right things. And that's another thing that I, that I look back on as far as just in families and everything. Sometimes the matriarchs, the, the matriarchs, did not teach uh, things that were, I mean, sometimes the matriarchs were wrong. Sometimes, you know, looking back at some of the things that, that they taught us wasn't, wasn't right. And it, but it was, it was, it was fitting for their time, you see, but now the same principles and the same teachings that they, you know, that they uh, held to be true, tried and true. They're not the same today. So I just feel like I would love to see black men and women come together better. Um, but like I said, it's def- there's definitely a shift and it's obvious. And I, and I don't, I don't care who tries to deny it. Like, Oh no, 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 it is. And, and I don't think it's just one sex over the other. I don't think that it's just always black men is black men. And I don't think always oh, women's fault is women's fault. I think it's just both. And I think it comes from the upbringing because you have as far as on the black man side, you have a lot of them who come from single parent homes and they're being raised by their moms and you know, just where they didn't learn to be a man cause they didn't have their father. And I'm not saying that through life people need to continue making excuses because of what they didn't have because at the same time as you get older you understand right from wrong and you understand what should you know what you should what you should do as a man so it's like you can't always fall back on oh I I didn't have my father because here's the thing too about that sometimes some men who you see who are great excellent I mean just amazing fathers Sometimes they are that way because they didn't have that and they wanted to show their child different. So a lot of times you see a a man who was a great father, it's because of who he's trying not to be like, you see. So again, it's, it's possible for a man to be a, um, you know, be a great father who didn't have his own father. So that's how I know, like, sometimes that's just an excuse. And so like going back to women again, you know, they're taught, Hey, you know, get up, do what you got to do. So you don't need no man. And, and even in, I remember in notorious bigs, um, song sky is the limit. He had a verse in there where he said, you know, uh, give my daughter this college plan. So she don't need no man. You see? So that is what has been drilled in us for years. And yeah, so I I don't know. Like I said, I don't think that people understood the long, you know, I don't think it was understood the long-term damage that would would cause just from this type of teachings, but it it certainly has, it certainly has. And, And I don't have a problem. Like I said, I don't have a problem with a woman who wants to get out here and make her own money. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think that in the midst of that, I think that 
they lost something something was lost like i said something was lost in translation it, it was it's it's like yeah go out here and get your money go out here and, and go get your degrees and everything do all of that but don't forget to you know still keep your mind open to marriage and still be feminine still you know because a lot of women have taken on masculinity and that's another thing i see the shift is because a lot of women have become masculine and a lot of men has become kind of feminine there's like a more feminine femininity within men and there's more masculinity in women so it's like we things have got to turn back around So, yeah, I, I just think that 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 was just my opinion on what has happened. But you know, so yeah, like I said, I just hope that everything can turn around because I don't know what what what's going. I mean, this is it's like a war between men and women a lot of times. So. I think that was all I needed to say on that. <laughs> but I just wanted to come on here and talk about that, though. Like I said, that conversation with my friend just made me just kind of think about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this on, on my podcast because it needs to be talked about. And I think and people don't try to sweep it under the rug like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's really going on. It really is. So, yeah, I just think that. Yeah, it, it's it it all goes back to our teachings. It does. It goes back to our teachings. It go it goes back to um status. You know, people think when they become of a certain status, it's like, oh well, you know, you know, women I've heard some women say, Shoot, I don't need no man for real for this or that. I I mean I make my own money, I know how to do this, I know how to do that. And it's like real talk, if we just be real and honest, men need women and women need men period and there's nothing wrong with that and i can be honest if i could be a little transparent with you guys i used to be one of those women who felt like i mean i'm I'm going back like 10 years you know i was missed independent and I, i used to feel like yeah um it is it is like a weakness to need a man i was one of those people who felt like a woman who wanted a man really bad or felt like she needed a man i used to look at that and kind of turn my nose down at that i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie but as an older woman now i'm like yeah no i um don't see anything wrong with having a man or wanting a man or needing needing a man See, that was the younger Marcy. So, of course, I was a little more, you know, I just had a different mentality going on back then. But now, like I said, I I, I see things totally different now. So, yeah. So, I don't, I don't agree with, I heard somebody say, too, that men don't really need women. They just need women for sex, and that's about it. But I don't, no, no, I, I debunk that. I debunk that big time. Yeah, men need women. Don't ever think men don't need women, honey. They do. Okay. So. All right, y'all. That's all I want to say about this. Okay. Now it's time to get into our Black History Highlight of the Week. 
And this week, we are highlighting Mr. Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., who is better known as Muhammad Ali. Yes, ma'am. He was born January 17th, 1942 in Louisville, Kentucky. So as we all know, uh, Muhammad Ali was an American professional boxer. He was an activist, an entertainer, and a philanthropist. Now, his career or his interest in boxing was actually ushered in uh, for him at the age of 12. Um, His bike was stolen and he was upset. He was really upset and he was fuming uh, because someone stole his bike and he actually came in contact with a police officer who was also a boxing coach by the name of Joe E. Martin. And Muhammad Ali told the officer that he was going to whoop the thief who stole his bike. And so the officer said to him, you know, well, you need to learn how to box first. And so that is where it started. So at the age of 12, Muhammad Ali began training as an amateur boxer. And then when he was 18, he won a gold medal in the light um, heavyweight division at the 1960 Summer Olympics and it turned professional later that year. Then he became Muslim after 1961 and in 1964 he announced that he would no longer be known as Cassius Clay but as Muhammad Ali. And I always wondered um, when he actually changed his name so that was interesting. So okay so it was 1964. So A little after that, um, he also refused to be drafted into the military uh, due to his religious beliefs and his ethical opposition to the Vietnam War, which he was found guilty of draft evasion. Okay, so he did face up to like five years in prison behind that. Um, And he was actually stripped of his boxing titles behind that as well. Now, he didn't go to prison or anything. Um, He actually appealed. He appealed the decision to the Supreme Court, which overturned his conviction in 1971. And he had not fought for four years, for nearly four years after that. And he so, so he lost a period of, of his peak performance as an athlete. Because, you know, um, when you're an athlete, you can't sit down too long. You know what I mean? It's like, because it's like, yeah, you have to, you got to, you got to be active and everything. So, um, so that's what happened there, but there are a lot of things that I think people don't know about Muhammad Ali. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight him this week. Um, there's a lot of interesting facts about Muhammad Ali. I think people just know him as the boxer and everything. And, uh, like there are certain things that he's done. Um, like we all know, he's a, he was a philanthropist and a humanitarian and he, he often showed that side of himself, even outside of the ring, just for instance, like, um, there was a guy, it was in 1981 in Los Angeles. Um, he, he was suicidal and, and Muhammad Ali actually talked him down from jumping off of a ninth floor, um, ledge. And that basically made national news, you know, and then, then not only that, but he, um, he donated lots and lots of money, um, to like starving kids. Um, so like I said, being a humanitarian, um, and a, a philanthropist, 
he uh, focused on practicing his Islamic duties of charity and good deeds, um, basically donating millions to charities and organizations and um, disadvantaged um, people of all religions, of all religious backgrounds. So it is estimated that Muhammad Ali helped to feed more than 22 million people um, afflicted by hunger across the world. So, you know, stuff like that. And I'm going to tell y'all, I've seen some of the most macho, most super just um, masculine men become very emotional when it comes to Muhammad Ali. Like he is a man's man. He is very well respected. I mean, he that was I mean, if you know what, when you pass away, I feel like it is just amazing and it's a beautiful thing when you pass away and people can remember you like people remember Muhammad Ali as, you know just as a great person now I'm not saying he was perfect because I also saw some stuff too now you know that you know he you know because he did in his marriage you know he you know he he's had his indiscretions and everything <laughs> but that just goes to show that even sometimes even the greatest men or the men who are looked at as the greatest can even make mistakes and do things so you know so but yeah um so yeah so i just wanted to say that yeah it's just really uh just he, he seemed like he was just an amazing person and um now he was married four times which I, I didn't know that until I was doing my research. He had been married four times. He has nine children, um, including um, Le- his beautiful daughter, Layla Ali. I believe he has seven, uh, seven girls and two boys. And um, so, yeah, um, they can be very proud of their dad. Uh, like I said, because he sound like he just seemed like he was a great man. Um, I never got the opportunity to meet Muhammad Ali, but hey. Um, he was also one of his, well, two of his um, biggest fights that he was, that was just like super um, popular um, back then was his fight against George. Um, am I saying that right? I'm, no, not George. Uh, I'm about to say George Frazier. Oh, child. Child. Okay. Uh, but uh, his fight with uh, Joe Frazier. And uh, which was um, at the known at the Thriller in Manila, uh, so that was a very um, popular fight. Uh, it was held on October first, nineteen seventy-five, in the Philippines. Yeah, in, in the Philippines, and then um, the other uh, well-known uh, fight in history with him was with George Foreman. So yes, um, just a, like I said, just all around great person, and um, so yes, um, and the fight with uh, George Foreman uh, was known as the Rumble in the Jungle. It was in, so um, that was in 1974. And so his record is very outstanding too. Um, Muhammad Ali, I believe he actually only lost like five fights or something like that. I'm like, wow, you know, what a, what an amazing record. You know, he really, and you know, he was often known as, you know, a a float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. (laughs) 
<laughs> Slow like a butterfly, sting like a bee, honey. His nicknames was the greatest, the people's champion, and the Louisville limp. So, like I said, he boxed in the heavyweight division. Um, his total fights was 61. He His wins was 56. Wins by a KO was 37. And like I said, five losses. Man, that is wonderful. But you know, I do want to um I do want to leave y'all with one of his quotes. Now I thought it was really really deep something that he said. It was really really just I was like, "Oh, we like, man, when I read that, I was like, "Oh my gosh." But he said, "This life is not real. I conquered the world and it did not bring me satisfaction. God gave me this illness to remind me that I'm not Number one, he is. Whew. Wow. Because, you know, we are, like I said, um, he, um, Muhammad Ali, um, he died of um, Parkinson's, um, was it Parkinson's uh, syndrome, I believe? Or, um, yeah, he, um, he died of uh, Parkinson's syndrome. Yeah, he, that didn't come out until 1984, which is when he made it public. Um, and, and some reports um, attribute his boxing career to that, you know, to, to having that. But um, he and his actual physicians, they kind of disputed that. But, you know, I mean, you just never know, you know, with all that getting hit and everything. And man, so Muhammad Ali died on June the 3rd of 2016. And, um, yeah, he was 74 years old, actually. Yep, 74. So, all right. And that is our Black History Highlight of the Week. All right, guys, that's a wrap. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now, don't be stingy. Go ahead and share this podcast. And don't forget to follow on social media. Remember, you might get glad about what I said, or you might get mad about what I said. Either way, I said what I said. Till next time, y'all take care. Bye.